Hey there, welcome back to the Female Boss Podcast. This is your host, Ana Gonzalez, and I am so happy to have you here today. But before I get started, I want to congratulate you for tuning into this podcast. You could be doing anything else right now, but you decided to spend your time improving your mindset by listening to a podcast that can truly help you level up in your life and take one step further into your journey of entrepreneurship and personal development. Also, if you're interested in learning how to create your online course from scratch and how to land clients through social media, I am currently giving my listeners of the podcast free access to the online course that sells masterclass. This is a 40-minute training that will teach you the four steps that you need to take to build a product that could potentially make you at least $10,000 a month. After you're done listening to this episode, make sure that you go to www.dibmasterclass.com or click the link in the notes of this episode. The Female Boss Podcast is a space where you can learn how to become the best version of yourself while you master tons of skills that can help you make money in the digital world. Make sure to keep listening for a special gift, and I cannot wait to read your feedback on iTunes. That would truly help me reach more people around the world. So thank you. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Female Boss Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you. I want to introduce you to one of my good friends, Kiel. He is a former professional football player who became a holistic nutritionist who specializes in habit change and emotional intelligence. And he's also a high performance coach. So hi, Kian. How are you? Anna, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for the introduction so happy that you're here today and you know i haven't heard from you in such a long time i'm so glad that you decided to be part of the female boss podcast and that we're able to catch up so the first thing that i want that i know that people want to know is your story you know so i want you to introduce yourself to the public i want you to tell them more about you who you are and what took you to the place where you are today yeah definitely and, and i want to share my story in a little different way today than i normally do And I'd like to say that my story starts in the womb of my mother. Uh, unlike many people out there, just kidding, everybody started there. But <laughs> hey, my, my story started in the womb. And yeah. I'd like to start there because that really determined and, and shifted and shaped the way that I am today. And I was in a position when I was in my mother's womb where she experienced a lot of difficult things in her environment. So what do I mean by that? My dad was traveling for work. Her grandma, who was the closest person to her at the time, had just died of cancer. Her mom had a near-death stroke. So my mom was going through a lot of difficult times. And me, as a young child in the womb, uh, I was experiencing everything that my mom was experiencing. And basically, I learned right then and there that I needed to make sure that my mom was okay emotionally. Because if she wasn't, she would not be in the position to be able to take care of me. So that's where me as Kian, as a people pleaser, began. Uh, when I was younger, I was always making sure that everybody else was okay and always making sure I was following the rules, making sure that everybody else was taken care of and it was always at the expense of how I was feeling. Uh, but luckily one day, me as a very sensitive young child, my mom signed me up for football. And at the age of 12, I fell in love. It was finally something that I could do that I could take my anger and aggression out on that I wasn't able to take out in the real world in a sense. So all that suppressing of my own emotion uh, for other people, I'd found an outlet to be able to relieve some of that, which was football. I fell in love uh, and I got really good at it because I received a lot of love from a lot of other people to follow through with football and eventually got so good at satisfying the, uh, you want to say the needs of the world as far as me getting uh, a level of praise from other people that I made it to the NFL. Now, when I made it to the NFL, uh, I shortly realized that it did not give me the fulfillment that I thought it would. So learning that I did not get the level of fulfillment that I thought it would in the NFL taught me that nothing that I ever did in my life as far as succeeding or achieved would provide me with a level of fulfillment that I was looking for. So I learned then and there that I would have to find that level of fulfillment in myself. So the years and years of me thinking that Uh, I really just wanted to play football was actually something that I decided to do because it gave me an outlet to express myself in ways that I could not do it in the real world, uh, thus attaching to it 
as far as part of my identity. So quitting football and ending football ended up leading me on this journey of self-discovery of who I am. And in the process, I've been able to then help other people discover that for themselves while massively improving their performance in business and uh, their relationships with uh, romantic, but also their family and friends. And also the most important relationship people have, the relationship they have with themselves. And that brings me to today. Wow, that's such an amazing story. It's still so crazy for me to, you know, just hear to that story and see how you got to be literally like approved to the NFL and you couldn't fulfill your dream. But then you had to change that. You had to deal with it. And, you know, you still found your passion, even though that happened. And I feel like that's something that for a lot of people is very hard to accept. You know, uh, a lot of times I, for example, when I, I remember when I moved to the United States, my dream was to go to college. It was like a dream of mine since I was like 15 years old. And then as I started to grow up and actually live in this country, I realized how harder it was. And I had to change all my path. You know, I had to change my entire path and do something different. But that took me to, you know, what I call my passion, my fulfilled life, you know, and I'm still working on it. But it's really hard for people to accept that change. So I guess my question for you today is, you know, since you have overcome like all those obstacles and you've had to accept that change, how do you recommend people to actually like detach from the things that they originally thought that were supposed to be good for them? And, you know, in order to accept that change and move on with your life. Yeah, Anna, thank you so much for for sharing your example of, having to make pivot your life and, and do something different with not taking the college route, being the thing that you wanted to uh, achieve at a very young age. But, you know, for me, honestly, I think the first thing that you can do is, is give yourself permission to just mourn a little bit, give yourself permission to just, just feel the pain or the sadness or whatever it is from the separation of that thing that you're moving on from. I think a lot of people, including myself, especially if you're a high performer, if you're somebody that really pushes yourself and goes above and beyond and you've taken entrepreneur route, uh, you're somebody that doesn't normally give yourself the opportunity just to, to feel for a little bit. And I think it's very healthy and important to be able to healthfully mourn uh, a separation from something that you identified with a lot. Uh, and for me, it was, it was football. And for you, it might have been college. But give yourself the chance just to, just to feel the pain associated with that thing ending and not just quickly pivoting and doing something else very fast. Now, I'm not saying spend, you know, a year of your life just crying and not doing anything, but give yourself that permission just to be able to feel the pain associated with it. Uh, I know it can be a lot to handle and, and take on as far as, you know, it's literally a death of an old way of being, but give yourself that permission just to, to feel whatever it is that you're feeling for, uh, I mean, however long you feel like you need to feel it, because then you're actually going to have clarity as far as your next move. And I think that's a big thing of what I was able to do was I, uh, I gave myself permission to mourn for a little while. Then I felt inspired to go do something else. And that next thing was just me picking up a book uh, and learning about something else, which led me to a different path and a different path and a different path. So first giving yourself the opportunity just to mourn whatever it is that you're leaving or the death of whatever it was that you were a part of. And then uh, that'll give you the clarity that you need to be able to then take the next step. Wow, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, that's another step that I feel like a lot of people don't really uh, understand. They have to take, you know, life is definitely not perfect. And we have to go through these moments in life in order to keep, you know, moving on and, you know, find that route of, you know, what a lot of people call success, fulfillment, happiness. So, you know, another question that I have for you, because I know that you are a uh, holistic coach and I know that you have done a lot of miracles for people <laughs> for sure you have done amazing things with people and I know this firsthand so you know what would be the advice that you would give because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are mostly like entrepreneurs so they're always trying to you know work really hard and this is something that used to happen to me too and sometimes I still struggle with it I like yesterday, for example, I had like 15 hours working, you know, like I worked for 15 hours straight and I was, well, not straight, I had some breaks, but still, you know, it was just a lot of things. And sometimes when you are trying to get to the next level, succeed, keep working, you forget about the importance of health. And 
you know, over, you know, over the time I've tried to figure this out and find some ways to like, I don't know, do biohacking, get in better health. But I know that you are the person to really give us the right advice when it comes to this. So what will be the importance of optimizing your health in order to run your business successfully? Yeah, Anna, that's a, an amazing topic. I think there's a lot of controversy surrounding that because, you know, we could talk all day about how important it is to be able to take care of your health. But like you said, when you're an entrepreneur, having not having somebody to, to control your hours of working and there's always things that can be done, uh, you're spending 15 hour days sometimes and it's very difficult to be able to spend the time and allocate the time to pay attention to your health. So what's, I mean, what's, what's the next question? Next question would be, how do I find more time to be able to do that? And, you know, we as entrepreneurs, it's very difficult to find the time to do the things that we know are important for us. And I believe the best way to be able to do that is being able to optimize the time that you're spending uh, in your business. And so what do I mean by that? I say a lot of the times we're spending way more time on things uh, that we don't really need to spend time on. I say 20% of the activities that you actually do are contributing to the benefit of your business. So 80% of the time, you're doing something that's actually not massively contributing to your business. So the only way to be able to get in touch with understanding what's most important to you and your business is a better understanding yourself, right? So in order for you to be able to optimize your time, to give yourself more time to be able to pay attention to your health and some of these other things that we know are important to us while massively uh, succeeding in our business is by understanding ourselves at a greater capacity. If you don't really understand yourself, a lot of times you end up fighting for a goal or fighting to achieve something that's not even really what it is that you want uh, or not in the capacity that you want. I can't tell you how many people I've spoke with, Anna, that that say, you know, they want to be a millionaire. But when you actually ask them questions like, oh, well, I guess I don't even really want to be a millionaire. Like, I'm, I'm actually OK with making, you know, 350K because that gives me everything that I want. But for some reason, I was fighting to be a millionaire. And with me fighting to be a millionaire, I took on all these other responsibilities. I was pushing so much harder than I needed to, which caused me to sacrifice all these other parts of my life. So really the question is, is like, who are you? And, and the quicker you're able to understand who you are, you're able to understand what it is that you really want. So then you're able to actually hone in and focus on the things that you know you need to do to get you to that place. But if you're unsure about what it is that you want, or you're fighting for a goal that's not even really yours, what do I mean by that? I mean, you're fighting for a goal that would make somebody else happy or would uh, give you a false sense of fulfillment because society glorifies what it is that you're doing. It's very difficult to be able to have and spend the time on the things that are most important uh, in the first place. So as for Anna, the number one thing I would say is being able to dive into different activities or, or even finding a coach to be able to help you understand yourself at a greater capacity by unlearning who you're not by getting rid of some of the traumas associated with some past events uh, that will eventually lead you to having more clarity in what you want, not what somebody else wants you to do, but what you want, then allowing you to be more efficient in your work, getting you to that place, which then gives you more time to be able to focus on the things that you know are important, like your health uh, and nutrition and working out. So really, I think the foundation of it, Anna, is being able to understand truly at the highest level what you want as you, and then being able to then have more clarity surrounding the steps to be able to do that, to give you more time to then be able to focus on some of these other health-related things. Wow, I feel like I'm being coached right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> legitimately taking notes, and I hope that you all are taking notes because this is amazing. I never really thought about it that way. Um, yeah, it's so true. Society sometimes gives us this, you know, fake, not fake, but this false um, idea of what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to follow. And even for, you know, entrepreneurs, for example, we think that we, that we are sort of breaking the rules and, st and still doing what we want to do because maybe we're not doing a nine to five job or, you know, doing some other things that our, our parents would like us to do. But then we're still doing things sometimes that other people want us to do because now we're in this different environment of maybe entrepreneurship and then you know we're surrounded by all this other people who might you know be millionaires or they're building businesses and they don't really have a life or or help at all so then we have a different and I never really thought about it that way I guess we moved on from becoming from being those people who 
you know, maybe we're tied to society's rules of having a job, going to college. Now we're entrepreneurs, but now we're tied to this rules, this new rules of, okay, you have to hit six figures, seven figures, you know, eight figures, <laughs> and you have to work, you know, 24 hours a day and stuff like that. And I really never thought about it that way, you know, and I feel like it's so important. You definitely have to go ahead and, you know, look at the things that you actually want to achieve. And for me, for example, something that is one of my, my biggest goals is to travel the world. That's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, so I feel like I'm working towards that. But yeah, like I'm definitely sometimes tied to like a number of, you know, an amount of money that I want to make or uh, an amount of people that I want in my community and stuff like that. And I feel like goal, having goals is good. But yeah, if it's affecting your health, it's probably not that good. <laughs> so it's, it's super cool that you told us that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then too, I, I personally don't really have I mean, any issues with goals, but I think the biggest part is being able to identify what it is that you genuinely do want. And I feel like many people are trying to make that decision from a place of not even knowing who they are because they've spent their whole life being somebody that they're not because they've had to prove to somebody that they're worth something. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know who exactly that is that they're trying to prove they're worth something to. Uh, most of the time it's ultimately ourselves. Uh, but really, many of us are walking around, especially as high performers, as entrepreneurs, as people that are achieving a lot uh, with not even knowing who we are because we've always just done what we felt like we needed to do to be able to achieve or receive love from somebody else. So like I said, it's, it's goals aren't necessarily the issue, but you not understanding who you are, which then not doesn't allow you to be able to understand your personal goals is what then leads you to obsessively trying to make things happen. Because if you really trusted and believed that you were going to be successful, uh, I don't I don't believe that there'd be this 24 hour grind that people think they need to do. Uh, if you're doing that, that tells me that you're not necessarily very confident in your ability to be able to get what it is that you want. So you have to force it into existence in a sense. Now I'm not saying that working towards something is bad inherently, but running yourself into the ground and uh, not being able to focus on anything else, whether it be your relationships with other people or uh, your health within your body, uh, that's an issue, right? And that, that's, you know, it can be used. I mean, it can even be an addiction, right? Because you feel like you're, you need to sacrifice everything else to be able to get that thing to feel worthy within yourself. So uh, a lot of times, you know, work, 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 we can, we can use that to prevent ourselves from actually experiencing some of the emotional pain that we're, that we're, not allowing ourselves to feel. So as long as we stay busy, as long as we're always going, going, going and moving, moving and working towards something, you know, that means we never have to confront any of our emotional shit. So uh, not only are we pushing and pushing because we feel like we have to, to gain approval from somebody, uh, but we're also uh, sacrificing uh, all these other things uh, in an attempt to not have to feel some of the pain that we need to feel. Uh, that's why a lot of times we stay so busy is because then if we stay super busy, we won't have to stop and experience what is actually in our heads and that self-talk that uh, many people are afraid uh, to listen to when, when they sit down and they're quiet. Wow, that's so good. <laughs> it resonates with me a lot because I, I remember a couple weeks back, I was watching a video I can't remember right now from who, but I remember something they said. And the, the, what they said was, you don't have to try, you simply are. And, you know, at the moment when I was reading that or, you know, listening to it, I was like, wait, how, what do you mean I don't have to try? Like, does that mean that I don't, I'm not supposed to live in this world of, like, anxiety and, like, putting all the work? Like, am I supposed to just wait for things to come my way? And as crazy as it might sound, like, I feel like it's true. Like, when you're doing something that you truly love, I don't feel like you have to try that hard. But I don't know, I guess in today's society with all the things that are happening and, you know, all the hustle mentality that we're, you know, being attacked with, I guess, um, we're just, we're, we're led to believe that that's the way that it's supposed to work. And now that you're saying that, I, yeah, <laughs> I definitely resonate a lot with it. Yeah, definitely. And th thank you for sharing that. And I, I, I think it's important to, to one, differentiate the difference between trying and doing what you feel inspired to do. So I'm not, I'm not somebody that demonizes 
work or getting work done or doing things that you know you need to do to get to where you want to be, right? But for me, it's knowing where it's coming from, right? Do I feel inspired or does it feel rigid, right? Am I inspired to do this thing? To, am I inspired to spend eight hours where I feel lit up and I feel excited and I'm, and I'm motivated to, to spend these eight hours working? Or do I feel like, oh gosh, here we go again. I got to do this thing again, over and over yeah. and over again, right? So uh, just because it, when I say inspired, it doesn't mean it's not working, right? It doesn't mean that you're not working at all, right? You're not trying at all. Uh, it's just the place of motivation that it's coming from. Is it rigid? Is it like, oh, I got to do this thing again? Or is it, wow, I'm fucking inspired to do this thing. I'm just going to go do it, right? And that's what I'm talking about, the 80-20% thing right? 20% is like, yo, I'm inspired to do this. And it's going to allow you to put more into it emotionally, then preventing you from having to go do a bunch of other shit that you have to overcompensate for because you weren't, you weren't able to fully pour, fully pour into the thing that you were inspired to do. So that inspired action creates more movement than doing something that's rigid. So it's, it's all about the emotion put into whatever it is that you're doing. So I'm all about working, working hard in a sense, but it's all about the place you're coming from while you're doing it. Am I doing this because I feel like I have to, or am I doing this because I'm inspired to do it? Wow. Yes. I completely agree with that. There is a, a very, um, I want to say high difference between doing something because you actually want to do something because, you know, you need to, and you, you know, pointed that out perfectly. <laughs> so I'm super, super happy that we have to, this talk. I feel like me myself, like I, like I still needed it. Um, but I guess my other question would be, because we already talked about how, you know, you were able to overcome or, you know, accept the change in your life. Um, but when it comes to obstacles, like daily obstacles that, you know, life throws at you, I would say. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if you call it like that. But, you know, when it comes to obstacles, yeah. how do you deal with them? How do you try to overcome them? And, you know, do you follow like a sort of like a routine whenever something is happening to your life? This could be in terms of like, you know, relationships. It could be in terms of, you know, just things that you were probably not expecting on a daily, on a daily basis. How do you overcome these things? A, once again, phenomenal question, Anna. Uh, and, you know, I think it all goes back to, so your ability to be able to handle and manage adversity all comes down to your pain tolerance or your pain threshold or your ability to be able to handle and manage stress. Uh, that's what it comes down to. And okay, so then what determines your level of being able to handle and manage stress? Uh, I believe that's your level of confidence and trust in yourself. So if adversity happens, your ability to be able to handle it, I don't think comes down to following a three-step system, but ultimately comes down to your trust and belief in yourself. And uh, so ultimately, if you're working on your ability to trust and believe in yourself, your ability to be able to handle adversity massively increases. And so the question is, okay, well, how do I improve my confidence? How do I improve my ability to trust myself? Well, a lot of times it's doing the scary things, right? It's the things that you're afraid to do, that you push yourself to do, and you end up doing it and you conquer it. And every time you do that, you gain a little more confidence in yourself, which then gives you the ability to be able to handle adversity much more efficiently. So to me, it's not necessarily just like a step-by-step -step process to handle adversity as it comes, but more so handling the source of the reason why you're having a difficult time handling adversity in the first place. And if you're somebody that's very easily affected by adversity and easily thrown off, well, that tells me that the confidence in yourself isn't very high uh, because that also tells me that you haven't maybe taken on and had a lot of success in your life uh, with handling adversity, right? You, you gain trust and confidence in yourself through, through handling adversity and coming out prosperous. Uh, but if you're somebody that hasn't been able to have a lot of success in your life or haven't maybe had the level of success that you're looking for, it's going to be difficult to be able to handle and manage uh, adversity. So the question is, okay, well, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I continue to work on uh, myself to increase my ability to handle those more adverse situations through having more trust in myself? Like I said, it's handling and, and taking on certain challenges that might be difficult, but, but putting your head out there and doing it. But also, it's, it's learning who, who you're not. It's unlearning uh, who we've thought that we've needed to be to 
get a level of fulfillment in ourselves. And it all, I think at the end of the day, and it all comes down to that. It all comes down to you unlearning who you're not so you can then have more confidence in the work that you're doing. Because if you're living a life that's not yours, if you're living a life for other people uh, and not living a life that feels fulfilling to you, then you're not going to have confidence as well, right? Because, I mean, think about it. Like when you do something that isn't something that feels in alignment with yourself, your internal higher self says, well, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And you say, it doesn't matter. Shut up. We're going to keep going. And so what does that tell to your higher self? Your higher self says, okay, well, where does that leave me? Like, does that mean I don't matter? Does that mean, you know, my opinion doesn't matter? And you're saying is, yes, you don't matter. And so obviously you as your higher self is not going to have very much confidence because you're continually telling it that it doesn't matter because you're constantly doing things to seek approval from other people, not from approval from yourself. Okay, so it's very difficult to have a level of trust and confidence in yourself and for constantly living for other people because, like I said, that's telling yourself that how yourself feels doesn't matter. Right? So when you're not doing things that are difficult and, and conquering those things and you're not living a life that's in alignment with you, it's going to be difficult to have the confidence and the trust in yourself to handle adversity. So, so really, and at the end of the day, uh, it all comes down to being able to have more trust and confidence in yourself through taking on handling and coming out prosperous through challenges, but also unlearning who you're not. So you can then act in alignment with who you are as a person. Well, I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I have a question related to that. <laughs> just said. Uh, so in terms of, for example, getting rid of fear, um, when you are in a certain situation, it could be something simple as being afraid of the dark, for example, or being afraid of doing a certain task because it's going to bring you memories of the past or something like that. When it comes to getting rid of that fear that prevents you from, you know, maybe even becoming um, like happier uh, or doing things that you would regularly do or that people usually do, um, how would you get rid of this fear? Um, is it by doing, like you said, things that you're probably like uncomfortable with? Do you have to deal with the fear itself? Um, can you please let us know how we could do this? Yeah, absolutely. Once again, phenomenal question, Anna. And on the, on the surface level, uh, I think there's a, there's a huge component of being able to handle and manage physical stress and how that correlates to mental, emotional stress or, or fear in a sense. And, you know, I think it's really popular right now for a lot of people, the, the ice bath challenges, they're going in ice baths and people are sitting for extended periods of time. And the reason why they do that is because when you increase your physical capacity to be able to handle and manage stress, it actually massively improves your mental, emotional capacity to handle stress as well. So that's why it's such a, a popular thing. Uh, but for me personally, you know, I've been sacrificing my body for the last, I don't know, uh, you know, 16 years of my life with football. <laughs> so I, I've built up quite the capacity to handle uh, physical stress which I think would massively contribute to my ability to handle mental, emotional stress uh, as well. So doing things like that, being able to push your body physically, whether that be maybe in the weight room or even like with, with ice baths, pushing past that point of discomfort physically can massively improve your ability to be able to handle the mental, emotional side of stress, but also fear uh, because you're pushing past that point that's super uncomfortable and, and almost scary for your body. So that's one thing I think can be really powerful that people can do just just today is challenge your body physically. Uh, but the other part to be able to conquer and, and manage your fears is taking them head on. And so what do I mean by that? Uh, being able to give yourself the permission to feel and experience emotion from past issues that you've had. So traumatic events that you've sustained at some point in your life, whether it be when you're really young or uh, I mean, even a traumatic event that happened to you at a, at a later age, but giving yourself permission to feel the emotion associated with that traumatic event. Uh, and I'll get to, I'll get to how that, that applies to the handling and managed fear, but giving yourself the permission to go back and confront some of the emotions that you're not letting yourself feel uh, can be one of the most powerful ways to, uh, what do you want to say? Deep unpower, un un dispower, or uh, de dethrone how powerful uh, a certain event might be as far as it, causing you to be fearful, but by going back and experiencing the emotion associated with whatever that event was, whether that be crying or, or anger or whatever it is that, 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 uh, event 
is causing you to feel will then allow you to move on from that type of thing that's causing you to feel a certain amount of pain, uh, which will then decrease the fear that you're experiencing when certain things come up. So give yourself the permission to go back and experience the pain uh, with the sadness or anger associated with a certain traumatic event in your life can then release the, the power that that thing has over you, causing you to not then have fear uh, with things associated with or, or that, from, that are familiar with that thing that once bothered you so much. So if you get to the root of the reason why you're experiencing fear, it's because at some point in your life, uh, you might have experienced something traumatic that was related to that event. So your brain says, okay, well, I remember this thing and this thing caused me to be afraid last time. So in our brains all built off association. So because there, there's that association of pain or sadness or anger associated with that thing that you're afraid of, uh, then you're not going to be able to conquer it a lot of the time. So handling the issue head on with, with the source of the root of the reason why you're experiencing the fear in the first place uh, can be a phenomenal way to be able to move past some of that. And that can be very difficult to do on your own, Anna. Like it's, it's not, it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, I personally, I have somebody that is able to walk me through that process as well. Right? That's why it's so important to have somebody that, that can do that, whether that be a coach or, or a trained professional in some way that can take you through that process of getting past your, your traumas and, and your past pain will allow you to then move forward with your life and not them not control you, causing you not to be able to confront your fears in the first place. So the handling of physical pain uh, to be able to increase your threshold to realize things are maybe aren't as scary as they really are through handling that pain, but then also at a more uh, deeper level, like a root cause kind of level, being able to dive into the, the reasons uh, why you're experiencing the fear in the first place and going back to the, the event or series of events that cause you to feel that pain and really ripping out the energy associated with that, with those emotions, uh, causing you to then conquer your fears in a sense. Nice. Okay, perfect. Yes, I love that. I, I feel like, yeah, a lot of people, um, myself included, will sometimes have that fear inside of them related to certain things and yeah, a lot of times it's actually because of things that happen to us and we don't really notice because we're thinking about the present and how bad it feels. But I love that advice. And I also love the fact that you said that sometimes you do need help when it comes to that, maybe most of the times. And that's why coaches are like so, so important um, when it comes to this, um, you know, and therapists and all of that, because you take it sometimes, um, when you're trying to go through this process yourself, I feel like it's harder to accept that you're doing something wrong. And that's why coaching exists. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't accept that, that they might not be you know, in the right place and they might not be taking the best decisions themselves. So hiring someone or you know, getting help from someone who might actually take you through that path of acceptance and going to the past and seeing what might be right or wrong I feel like it's it's way better and more effective for yeah. sure. Yes, absolutely. And two, I mean, above all, like you said, we're not we don't really see things because we're just kind of in the heat of it, right? We're in the present of it. We're just feeling the pain associated with it. So it's it's having somebody else that can see your blind spots. One, like you said, call you on your shit. You know, when when you're when you don't think that you're maybe having a problem or you don't think that you have an issue, having somebody that can say, "Hey, dude, like you actually are," and we need to confront it. Uh, but also being able to, to see your blind spots. Like I said, I have blind spots. Everybody's got blind spots, you know, things that we don't see are affecting us. So that's why no matter where you're at in your, your personal development journey, wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, being able to have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a guru, but somebody that can see your blind spots and can call you on those things that, that are actually detrimental to, to your growth, um, is so, 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 so important. And I can say personally, like I've invested I mean, five figures in that for myself, uh, being able to see those blind spots. So I'm then able to actually conquer my fears much more efficiently and not have uh, pain and stress handle me or, uh, excuse me, uh, affect me at a deeper level. So that's why you do those things. That's why you do the coaching is so you can then have a higher pain tolerance to stress, but also be able to then not allow fear to guide you, right? So it takes it all full circle, the kind of a double, couple different things we've talked about, Anna. Uh, that's why it's so important to have, you know, somebody else that can, that can do that. And I'll, like I said, I don't care where you're at in the growth process. It's, it's so important to be able to do so you can then not have these other things, the stress and the fears uh, impact you.
Okay, yes, I absolutely love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Um, but yes, so another question that I wanted to ask you, and this was more about relationships because I am in your Facebook group and I've seen these videos of you giving relationship advice and I love them. <laughs> I absolutely love them. So I do feel like, you know, the the listeners of the Female Boss Podcast need to have a dose of relationship coaching from Kian, you know? So I guess one of my questions in terms of relationships is how do you communicate better with the people in your life? You know, it could be your partner, it could be, you know, the people you work with or just your friends, your family. How can you improve communication in your life? And this is such an amazing topic. And first thing I want to say is if anybody... I'm sure you'll put my Instagram in the show notes, but I actually just did a podcast that was solely around uh, badass females being able to improve their relationships with themselves, but all the people around them, including a romantic relationship. So I would definitely refer people to that. I just posted on my Instagram about that podcast that I did. So that would be an amazing uh, step. But since we're here, I'd love to share a little more information. (laughs) Uh, but I think one of the most important parts about improving any relationship is being able to effectively communicate your needs. Right? Like people talk about all the time is being able to effectively communicate uh, what it is that you're feeling uh, and your needs. And I think a big misunderstanding when people say communicate your needs is that people just take that as, oh, okay, well, I need you to do this, or I need this in my life, or I need this, or I need that. But no, that's, that's not what communicating your needs is. Uh, communicating your needs is being able to effectively communicate how you're feeling emotionally and being able to present that in a way to your partner or people that you're in your, that are in your life uh, where they can understand it because so much of the time, especially I'm sure a bunch of badass females uh, that are crushed in business uh, tend to think that they need to suppress their own emotion or how they're feeling uh, to get, to get to where they want to be. Right. But that doing that in the context of a relationship is very unhealthy and leads to miscommunication, which leads to breakdowns in relationships. So, being able to healthfully communicate what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and, and not thinking that you have to have it all together all the time and you have to be the rock for, for everybody um, really leads you to having more fulfilling relationships. And I know a lot of high-end high, high entrepreneurs and business owners and uh, you know female bosses that are pushing, pushing, pushing and making things happen, uh, they've probably been in a position in their life where they've had to be the rock for people that they shouldn't have had to be the rock for. Uh, a lot of times it's our parents that we have to be the rock for that, that we at young ages shouldn't have had to be the rock for. So that's kind of the source of the reason why a lot of us have, uh, have taken on the role of thinking that we have to constantly suppress our emotions and why people will reject us if we show how we're really feeling uh, because we felt like we've always had to be in the role of being the provider. Uh, and when we are in the role of being the provider or being the strong masculine one in the relationship, uh, that makes us believe that we're not safe to express and, and share our own emotions or, or how we're feeling uh, without dumping it onto somebody. So that's really, to me, Anna, one of the most important parts about being able to establish healthy relationships is being able to effectively not only communicate your needs, but effectively communicate how you're feeling at different times without like projecting your insecurity or your emotions onto other people, making it seem like they're the ones that have the issues. Uh, being able to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing right now. And that's it, right? Not saying, oh, I feel this because you're making me do this or I feel this because of this, right? And there's so many different avenues I could take with different scenarios that people affect or uh, unhealthfully affect their, or, uh, um, communicate their emotions and their needs. But really at the end of the day, the quality of relationship comes down to your both ability to be able to effectively, healthfully communicate your emotions and what you're feeling. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, I completely agree with you. And that's something that for a lot of people is very hard. And sometimes it's way easier to blame, you know, your feelings and your life situations on other people, because then you're not dealing with the responsibility of, you know, what's actually happening with me. And that's something that I've definitely learned, you know, with relationships is that, you get to learn about yourself every time that you're in a new relationship or every time that you're in a relationship, sorry. Um, you get to learn so much about yourself because 
sometimes when we are in love or when we are, you know, with, with our partners and stuff, we, or even with our family members, maybe with our parents, we have so much love for these people that we are afraid to lose them or to say something that might cause some trouble. So we, uh, as crazy as it sounds, we don't want to say how we feel, but we still end up saying like bad things. I'm, and I'm not saying that we all do this, but it's something, it's a pattern that I've, I've seen sometimes in relationships and in the people, you know, that I've, that I've met. Um, it's easier to just put the blame on someone else and to create a whole drama sometimes or things that are not really supposed to happen in the first place. Um, just because we're afraid to say how we actually feel. And that's something that I didn't really see it like that um, ever in my life, you know, that it all comes from not being able to communicate your needs. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, Anna, and thank you for, for being being open and honest and vulnerable too. Because uh, you're right. Like, you're right. So much of the time, you know, we're, we're afraid of, of when you're in love or, or you love somebody that, you know, if you share something and it rubs them the wrong way, then they might leave. Right? They might leave. And that's where, you know, there's that fear of rejection that, that so many people, especially high performers, uh, badass female bosses, you know, are, are probably experiencing, which is why a lot of the times we don't give ourselves that permission, like you said, to to communicate how we're feeling and communicate our needs because of that fear of, of rejection. But ultimately, what ends up happening is when you don't give yourself that permission to healthily express your emotion is that eventually it will come out one way or another. And like you said, eventually it can come out as an explosion or like, ah, and then you're just yelling and, and they're screaming and it just comes out way more than it should because of all the time you spent suppressing your emotion leading up to that point, right? So it's all these little events and little times that you didn't let yourself express how you feel that ultimately led to this explosion, right? It's the buildup, it's the buildup, it's the buildup, it's a buildup, and then boom, Right. So what ends up happening is, is you actually end up getting the result that you're afraid of it, of getting in the first place. Yeah. Right. So you you're afraid of the rejection. So you don't let yourself communicate your emotions and your needs. But then through you not effectively communicating your emotions and your needs, you then end up getting rejected because you end up doing something that you didn't want to do or that person senses that you're not being authentic and they feel like there's something weird in the relationship. And then they end up leaving because you're not being authentic and honest. Uh, so it's, it's kind of crazy how the thing that we tend to be afraid of most, uh, which is the reason why we don't allow ourselves to express ourselves emotionally ends up happening eventually. If you don't give yourself that permission to be open and honest when it comes up in the moment, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. No, I love that. And the, what you were saying too, and what we were talking about in general is just about being able to communicate how you feel also comes from being able to be vulnerable in the relationship and actually uh, speaking out and saying who, like every single little thing that you're feeling from the moment that you started the relationship, from things in your life. For example, um, let's say that I have problems of like insecurity and I was afraid to tell my partner that I am insecure, you know, because the war itself sounds bad. And, you know, we might feel like it sounds bad, but, you know, I'm afraid to say that out loud. So I don't tell my partner that. And then I show jealousy. And mm. this comes, this is, I feel like this is a job of the two partners. First, the person who has the insecurity should be able to express their feelings and actually say, like, listen, I feel this way. I don't know why it might be because of something that I saw. It might be because of uh, something in my life that happened. I don't really know why I feel this way. But then the other person should be also showing empathy and being like, you know what? I I'm really appreciate that you're telling me this, that you're telling me how you feel. And I definitely do not want you to feel this way. And, you know, uh, from a place of love, this person should be able to help the other partner who is feeling this way. And yeah, like it's very important that people are able to communicate how they feel. But I also feel like it's a it's a, a work from from the two of them. You know, both of them have to work on it. Both of them are supposed to, you know, play their part. If someone is build, is being vulnerable in the relationship, the other person should be showing empathy and understanding that it's very hard to communicate how you feel and to communicate 
you know, this pain that, that you're feeling. It's very hard to do that. So if someone is doing that to you, try to show empathy and, and be nice about it. You know, it's something sometimes when people are feeling a, a type of way in relationships, uh, it's most of the time are things that can be fixed, easily fixed as long as both partners are working together. So I feel like as long as you are in a relationship where you truly love each other, you can actually overcome more obstacles together. So yeah, that's what I think about that. Oh my gosh, Anna, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people listening will be like, oh my gosh, I was just like mesmerizing your dog. I was just like following him like, yes, 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 yes. Like, it, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And wait, like we were talking about, you know, I, at least I was talking about people's ability to be able to effectively communicate their needs and their emotions, but you just hit the other end of the spectrum, which is equally as important, which is being able to be a healthy, good listener too. There is a lot of people out there that are very good at expressing their emotions and very good at expressing their needs, right? But when it comes to somebody else doing it to them, they're like, oh, I can't handle it. Or, okay, well, I, yeah. I, I don't want to handle it. Or, no, that's your problem and that's your issue, right? So there is that other end of the spectrum, absolutely, that definitely needs to be addressed. And like you said, being able to be that good listener and being able to, like you said it, being able to appreciate the value of somebody opening up and being vulnerable because we all know, I don't care who you are, it's difficult to be able to share uh, our vulnerabilities or our insecurities when there is the potential or our perceived potential of being rejected. And it's a huge deal for somebody to open up and for somebody to share how they're feeling, uh, especially our egos don't like to admit it in, this, in the context of a, of a romantic relationship or even familiar relationship, right? We don't, we don't want to admit that we're feeling a certain way. We want to give our partner that that upper hand, right? In a sense that that may, that might make them feel empowered to then leave us potentially, right? There's that that fear as well with people. But being able to, like you said, recognize that there is so much power and so much vulnerability uh, given from that other person that you're listening to, and how big of a deal it is. It's a huge deal yeah. uh, for for us to share our vulnerabilities. Uh, and if you're not able to effectively do that. You're going to then cause your partner to not feel secure in themselves, which is going to cause them to feel more insecure, which is going to cause them to then suppress how they're feeling and not feel like they can share it with you, which is then going to cause you a big headache down the road because then they're going to be projecting their insecurities onto you, right? Yeah. So if you don't want your partner to project, project their insecurities onto you, you better learn to be a good listener and appreciate them being open and vulnerable with you, right? So it's being able to look past the moment of them sharing those vulnerabilities and say, well, actually, if, I, if I'm a good listener here, that'll cause them to be better and treat me better in the long run because they'll feel good about me accepting what they're saying, causing them to be more open, causing them not to suppress as, many, as much of their insecurities, causing them to be less insecure, causing them to be more open and honest. Yeah. Right? The and then package. everybody wins. <laughs> right? It's the whole thing, right? Yeah. So, so everybody wins in that context when – one party is able to be open and honest about their emotions, their needs, but then the other party is able to then be able to accept that and show the grace and show the compassion and show uh, how big of a deal it is that they, that other person was able to do that. Uh, then everybody ends up winning and everybody ends up being able to effectively communicate their needs and effectively communicate their insecurities, causing everybody to then heal, right? Because what is the big thing that everybody's afraid of in this world? It's rejection. So if we're able to be in a relationship, a familiar relationship, a romantic relationship, a, a friend-based relationship where we can both be open and honest about our insecurities, we can then move on from them much quicker. But, you know, we could dive deep into this as well, Anna, but the place that we're in right now as a world, like nobody wants to be able to be uh, vulnerable. Nobody wants to be able to be a good listener, causing everybody to keep their insecurities, causing nobody to be able to heal, right? There wouldn't be the need for, for coaches if everybody was great listeners and everybody was able to effectively communicate their emotions, there wouldn't be. But the problem is, is nobody's able to do those things. So that's why people need to be able to have somebody that gives them that space and permission to do that. But I kind of went on a different tangent, but the bottom line was based off what you said, you know, being able to be a great listener uh, and realize the power in somebody else communicating their needs, 
but also being able to effectively, healthfully communicate your needs and your emotions. Yes, I love that conclusion. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and thank you for appreciating it. Um, yeah, one thing that you were saying about how it's so hard for people to even like open up themselves, I feel like it also comes from the place of, you know, society's rules and what they say is supposed to be cool or not. You know, sharing your emotions is not cool, especially if you're a man, for example. It's like, I feel like a lot of men feel so scared to share how they feel sometimes because of that, because society tells you that, you know, certain people are supposed to feel like, you know, pain or emotions or feel sad. So being able to, you know, accept that that's not really how it's supposed to work and that no one is really supposed to tell you what to do or what to feel it's very important and it also you know takes us back to what we were talking about before of really learning who you are you know deep down so I'm so happy that we were able to you know tackle down all those little things uh but I'm super super happy that you were able to be part of this podcast I do want to ask you one last question <laughs> it's gonna be a quick question because I don't want to take too much of your time But I did want to ask you, what would be maybe like, you know, two or three tips that you will give us um, to elevate our performance? Because I know that you're a high performance coach and everything that you've talked about has definitely led me to, you know, like leave everything when it comes to that. But, you know, what would be like some little like, you know, you know, like small tips that you would give us in terms of that elevating yeah. your performance? <laughs> great, great, great last question. How to, the, the most powerful thing to be able to optimize your performance in business and in achieving what it is that you want in life. My number one advice is to give yourself that permission to unmask yourself. I talked about that 80-20 principle. When you're able to operate from that place of inspired action, where you're only taking action on 20% of the things, and 20% of the things that are actually bringing your business some value, you're then able to actually have enjoyment for the things that you have and your life. If you're able to healthfully unmask yourself and give yourself that permission to be able to dive in deep into your biggest insecurities, you're able to massively improve your performance in your business and in every other area of your life. That is it. That is the number one productivity hack that anybody can possibly do and have better than any kind of uh i don't know like increment of time spent doing an activity or doing an, a routine or any of that it's giving yourself permission to release your insecurities through unmasking yourself allowing you then to be able to be more in alignment with who you are giving yourself then the ability to be able to operate from inspired action which then gives you more time to do the things that you want to do with your life while massively achieving at the same time There it is, right there. Number one productivity hack yes. that anybody can possibly have. Love it. Perfect. Being able to amass yourself. Wow. That's something that I, I yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone should be working on that starting today. And I love the 80-20 rule as well. I definitely have to keep taking notes in terms of that because that's something that we often forget and we have to start taking care of it right now. So thank you so much for sharing that rule. Absolutely. The, and, it, and a great way to do that with the 80-20 And it's just like, really just like getting in touch with like what feels inspiring and what doesn't like, oh, yeah, like this is work. This might take me eight hours, but this feels inspiring. Like yeah. this, this makes, this is motivating. This is what I, this is cool. So uh, that's a great way to start, especially if you're already a high performer and being able to just get in touch with like, okay, this feels inspiring. This doesn't be able to feel into that because that can ultimately lead you to having a greater understanding of yourself too uh, through that. So certainly. Nice. I have a, a, a little question about that specific role, the 80-20 role. So what happens, um, for example, because I try to always do, well, no, I don't try, I do. <laughs> I do everything that I love doing. You know, currently, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm in one of the best moments of my life because I'm doing what I truly love to do. Sometimes when I might be working like some extra hours, like, It's okay, but there are certain tasks that are not as comfortable, but I know that ultimately they still take me to that place of happiness, but in the moment they don't feel good, <laughs> you know, they don't. So I guess the question would be like, well, am I supposed to get rid of them too, or am I supposed to still deal with them, you know, um, knowing that they're still going to take me to a place that I like? 
Yeah, that's that's a great question. I'm really glad that you asked that. And uh, the 80-20 principle, being able to do that is under the assumption that you're able to master your time. And if you're not able to master your time or not able to do the things you need to do, uh, where what I mean by that, if you're somebody that is having a hard time really like being inspired to do anything, that probably doesn't apply to you. And I'm really glad that you asked that because this is really important to be able to specify. Uh, so if you are somebody that is operating from that place of I'm, I'm hitting 15 hour days, like I got my morning routine, I got my night routine, like I'm crushing stuff, I'm going, going, going. The 80-20, what is inspiring and what isn't would be a great activity. But if you're somebody that's having a hard time just like doing anything or you can't, you're, you're having a hard time even starting a business at all or, or taking a first step in anything, it might be a little difficult if you haven't done the work, internal work, to be able to know yourself at a greater level. So it doesn't maybe apply to that demographic. Um, but for you, since you are somebody that is pushing, pushing, pushing and, and constantly making things happen, uh, I suppose the next step for you, what I would say is to be able to outsource some of that stuff. If your goal is to be able to grow and expand your business at a greater capacity, you'd be able to understand the things that you're inspired to do and for the things that you're not inspired to do that you know that needs to get done, it's outsourcing, right? Yeah. It's being able to delegate that to somebody else. Oh, uh, so, yeah. right. So that, that's what I would say with that is if you are somebody, like you said, that like yourself, that pushes, 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 is constantly making things happen and you're, and you're in the heat of growing a business and making things happen, it's outsourcing the things that you don't feel inspired to do. Oh, I love that advice. I love it. I also talk a lot about it in my, in the last podcast episode. And yes, I, I, I'm definitely outsourcing certain things, but I am in the search for like an actual virtual assistant to help me with other things. So if you're an entrepreneur, you definitely need to follow this advice too, because sometimes we can really accept that we need help, but we do need help because not everything is perfect. Um, but I'm very, very happy that, you know, you were able to be part of the podcast. I'm super, super grateful and, you know, happy to be able to catch up as well. Um, where can we find you on social media? Where could all the listeners find you? Yeah, definitely. Anna, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it as well. And I think there's a lot of valuable nuggets that you were able to share, but also that I was able to share that is going to benefit people a lot. Uh, in regard to where people can find me, I'm not terribly active on social media. I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm hidden, but I'm just not really out there uh, as much. But uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Kian Loggy. I'm sure Anna will put the spelling of that in the show notes. Uh, but also my Instagram, Kian.Loggy. And then, it, yeah, just for reference, K-E-Y-E-N dot L-A-G-E on Instagram uh, if you want to find me. And uh, – I have a, a website as well that tells a little more information about me as well. And it's my first name, last name.com. So keenloggy.com. Nice. You definitely have to go. I'm going to leave in the show notes, obviously, the um, not only his social media um, links, but also the website. Because if you need help when it comes to seriously achieving the high, the high performance level and also the nutrition aspect of it, which I'm sure he knows how to you know, mix the two of them you have to reach out to Kian. Um, he is great at what he does. I can tell you that firsthand. I know that he has helped so, so many people. He has helped me too <laughs> a lot of times. So if you haven't done this already, you have to go and you know click on that link, check his website out, see how you can work with him, see how you can you know get more information from him as well. And again, thank you so much for being part of the podcast, Kian. Thank you for you know, giving us all these lessons. I feel like I was coach <laughs> in the in the episode. Um, so I'm super happy that I did this and that we did this. So thank you so much. I'll see you on the next one. Absolutely. Sounds good, Anna. And I want to say one more thing here. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that feels maybe pulled to reach out and ask a question or whatever it may be, uh, I know it's super intimidating to admit that you might not have it all figured out at times. So I want you to know that it's also a safe space for anybody that uh, wants to reach out and I will respond. So I know it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there like that, but I just wanted to say that, uh, that if you do, uh, if you are brave enough to be able to admit that you don't have it all figured out, uh, I would be more than happy to, to at least have a conversation with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Kian. So, so happy that you shared that too. Um, sometimes people really get super scared to say it. 
but mm -hmm. the, you know he can actually offer you a safe space for that so don't be afraid to reach out and yeah thank you so much <laughs> absolutely thank you anna <laughs> bye 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 I'm so happy that you listened to today's episode. I really hope that it helped you out. If you want to help me out, something that would do it is to write a review on iTunes. It can help me boost my podcast and help many other people too. It only takes one minute and I would love to promote you on the next episode. So make sure that you leave your Instagram handle. If you want free access to the online course that sells Masterclass, go to www.divmasterclass.com or click the link that's in the notes of this episode. I really hope that you like this podcast. I will do my best to share at least one episode per week, so it will mean the world to me if you subscribe and share this with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you can also enjoy my next episode next Monday. Have an amazing day and an amazing week. Goodbye.